Hello, everyone, and welcome to Futures, a Green Schools Nova Scotia podcast. Today, we are sharing an interview with Andy Selig. He's the coordinator of operations at the South Shore Regional Center for Education. So he was calling from the South Shore, and uh, we chatted about his role, his love for energy efficiency, and he shared some really great insights on how students can take leadership roles in saving energy in their schools and also experiences he's had uh, meeting some green heroes in schools and um, fun things that they were they were looking at to reduce their energy consumption in the school. So I really enjoyed learning about this. He did a great, great job at taking something that's quite technical and bringing it uh, to a level that I think we can all enjoy and understand and maybe um, take with us when we're going into our schools and our homes and, and just trying to be a little bit uh, mindful of our energy consumption. Green Schools right now is running our third Watts Off Energy Challenge, which is a six-week competition to see which classroom can be the most energy-efficient classroom. So we have 11 schools competing at the moment. We're halfway through, and they are focusing on different initiatives each week to try to lessen their energy consumption. So they've done lights-off challenges. They've done... Uh, mapping out their school zones and sort of seeing what are the high energy consumption zones in their school and coming up with action plans to reduce their uh, energy usage. And then this week they're focusing on phantom power. So they'll be uh, looking at all the different things that they have plugged in in their classroom and different rooms in the school and coming up with uh, sort of communications with their whole school on trying to unplug the the devices that they are not using um, to try to save energy. So they'll be uh, writing letters to younger grade classes to teach them a little bit about phantom power, how to look out for it, and how to stop it. So uh, our interview with Andy was very strategic because there's so many great uh, insights that came out of chatting with Andy, who's in schools all the time, and trying to help them be uh, mindful of their energy consumption. So we're hoping that our competitors learn a little something to, you know, get that extra edge to try to win. Um, so yeah, enjoy this interview. We, we are so happy to share it with our competitors and all of our listeners. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Futures, a Green Schools Nova Scotia podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Andy Seelig. He is the coordinator of operations at the South Shore Regional Center for Education. And today, we are going to learn a little bit more about Andy, what he does in his current role, but also uh, why he is so passionate about energy efficiency. So thank you, Andy, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, why don't you start off by just letting our listeners know who you are, so where you're from, where you live now, and what you like to do for fun. Perfect. Uh, my name is Andy Seelig. Uh, I'm from North Kentville, Nova Scotia. Uh, basically grew up in the Valley, uh, went to Acadia, um, graduated with a business degree. Um, then I started working for a few companies over the university, um, kind of making my way down the maintenance and accounting path. And uh, turned that into a job with the South Shore uh, Regional Center for Education as an operations coordinator. 
Um, and what basically what that means is I'd be looking after um, all the schools in the South Shore region, which would be the Lunenburg County and Queens County, which is about 20, 22 buildings, uh, about a million square feet, and uh, about six or 7,000 students that would attend those schools. Wow. What do, you, what do you like to do for fun, Andy? I have two young boys, uh, ages three and almost seven, so they tell me what they like to do for fun. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's spending time with them, and uh, when I'm not with them, it's uh, usually playing golf or hockey with my friends. That's awesome. And so for, for people who might not know what being part of operations within a center of education would look like, do you want to explain a little bit about what your role looks like? Yeah, for sure. As I mentioned, we have uh, 22 buildings or 21 buildings uh, across the South Shore. Um, you know, a lot of students, you know, they go to the building, they go to their class, they do their work, leave the school and, and be gone. But, you know, there's a lot that goes into running those schools that hopefully we don't, we hope you guys don't notice. Um, you know, <laughs> the heating buildings, making sure they're safe, making sure they're clean, especially this year. Um, and, you know, just ensuring that the buildings, you know, you know, one of my counterparts says, you know, our job is to make sure the kids are safe, warm and dry. And, mm. uh, you know, it, it's very simplistic. But, you know, if, if, if you've got a leaky roof, it's really hard to, to, to work out of that classroom. If you've got a cold classroom, it's hard to teach in that classroom. Um, and so basically, that's kind of my job is just to make sure uh, the buildings are operational, safe and uh, ready to go for school each day. Awesome. And and how would you explain sort of your career path into your role? You mentioned a little bit about your schooling, but uh, was this sort of always where you sort of anticipated ending up or was it a bit more of a meandering path? How did you how did you find where you are? Uh, it was a bit of a meandering path. Um, you know, out of university, I knew I wanted to do a business degree. Um, I Going into university, I wasn't sure which way that was going to take me, you know, whether it was you know, marketing or finance, accounting or sales um, or any of those things. So I kind of stayed general, um, got a few jobs at some local companies and then uh, actually got an accounting job with uh, Clearwater Seafoods in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia um, and started there as kind of an accounting clerk, but then moved into the maintenance side of things where I was going out to the boats and even going out to sea um, to look after costs and, you know, where we can create efficiencies and do things better Um and just making it more a more efficient operation. Um, through a few years of that job, the uh, school board job came up, and it just seemed perfect. My wife is a teacher. My father was a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of been surrounded by the uh, school system my entire life. I said, "Oh, this would be a good job." Uh, we wanted to start a new family, um, so we kept me closer to home. And I've been there almost nine years this summer. And basically, uh, you know, through the business degree, the accounting, my experience, my previous job uh, with the maintenance side of things it was a natural fit for this job. And uh, I love just about every minute of it. Oh, that's fantastic. I always love hearing how people have managed to sort of find their skill sets, but also find their, I guess, like similarities, like knowing that you were always in with the school sort of universe and with your wife and um, your, your dad, you said? Yes, my father was a teacher. Also, yeah. So you were always around schools. That's awesome that you were able to sort of match those two in the end. Um, I know just from, you know, hearing about you from, from the green schools network, uh, that you've always been quite a supporter of green schools. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing that's because of the fact that our focus is around energy efficiency and maybe that's something that is, um, something you're passionate and feels important to you. Is there, is there 
a way that energy efficiency plays an important role in your role? For sure. Uh, as we said, uh, we like to keep these buildings, you know, warm, dry and safe for the kids. And that costs money. Um, you know, there's things, rooms in the schools that kids have never been in, in that, you know, have $500,000 pieces of equipment, you know, to warm the, to warm the buildings. Uh, you, I mean, you, you figure uh, in a regular house, you know, that has a fireplace or a furnace or whatnot, you know, you can multiply these schools, you know, 50, 60, 100 times bigger than those homes. It takes a lot of equipment to run those. So basically, mm -hmm. it's a lot of money, a lot of upkeep. And, you know, for our, a region like ourselves, which would be one of the smaller regions in Nova Scotia, um, we've got the 21 schools. We spend, I think, close to $1.8 million between uh, oil and electricity to heat our schools and power our schools. So mm -hmm. any savings we could make there, we could spend elsewhere. So, you know, whether it's, you know, we could save some money to invest in a new roof, or in some cases, it's to invest in more teachers in the buildings or more technology in the buildings. So the way I looked at it is, you know, as part of my job was to spread a budget through all the schools. And in all honesty, there's not much more a boring way to spend money than on electricity and energy and oil. <laughs> so what we started to do was, uh, you know, find some efficiencies out there. So, you know, one of the things we did, um, you know, we started like looking into our bills and I, I joke about it when I've done some presentations on this before is, you know, our old energy model was literally we'd use the electricity, pay the bill at the end of the month and start using it again and repeat, mm -hmm. repeat, repeat. And we never really investigated how we were using that. You know, when we go out and buy a new bulb, we'd buy a new LED bulb, but we weren't really inspecting um, the things that we were doing in the schools and saying, hey, could this be done better? Or, hey, this fan, does it need to be running as long as it is? Or could we, you know, uh, shorten the time and save money that way? So it, uh, right. it became to save money to spend it elsewhere on the kids. So, you know, one of the ways we looked at it is, you know, every dollar we save on electricity, it's going back into the kids, the kids in the schools and uh, ideally making a better, a better uh, learning environment for them all. Yeah, absolutely. And just from, from my experience with um, connecting with students through green schools, actually one of the pieces around the energy challenge is looking at the heat. And that's sort of, it's sort of purposely ran this time of year just because um, heating would play a bigger role, obviously, in, in the wintertime. And last year, we actually had meters put in, which I know you're aware you, you were a big help in getting those meters in our schools. And, um, and that was about measuring in real time the energy consumption um, that schools were using at any given time on things like light loads, plug loads, um, and heating. And I always find this is the third year that we're running Energy Challenge, but in the last two years, the heat week is a big one. For, it's almost like a big aha moment for students where, like you said, there, there's rooms and, and areas in the schools that maybe students don't get to see or don't really um, think about all the time. But once they saw the consumption rates with heating and just um, and the savings that could happen if we, you know, hosted a sweater day and just brought the, the degrees down a couple um, on, on the meters and, and what difference that made was it, it's always really inspiring to see because it seems to be a piece that they feel, um, oh, maybe there's nothing we can change here. But um, in our experience, the, the operations teams in all the education centers are very happy to present on, on this information and students find it quite eye-opening. Would you, would you agree? Do you have experience with that? Oh, for sure. Uh, when, when I talked about us looking for efficiencies, you know, heat um, was one of the biggest ones. Uh, our schools are very, uh, have a very modern system in them. It's called a control system. 
which basically is like a smart thermostat that you'd see in some newer homes and people that have uh, done some efficiency upgrades in their homes, uh, basically mm-hmm. where you can set the temperatures back at night and raise them up during the day. Well, mm-hmm. we had those in our place, but you know, we, we weren't sure if, well, geez, could we set it back three degrees, two degrees, one degree. So what we did was we played a lot with that and we found that found some sweet spots and some balances where we could drop the temperatures back to save a lot of money because really what's mm-hmm. the point of heating a building at nine o'clock at night when there's you know two people in the building um right you know, we were able to c- cut back on those and it made made huge differences and a lot of those people that are there in the evenings are the uh, custodians and janitors of the world which you know uh really make these schools operate and you know they're kind of the unsung mm-hmm. heroes of the uh, of the regions and they play a huge part in this because one of the things you know we talk with the kids during the day they're there at night just as long as the kids are during the day. So we actually work with them on their lighting habits. And uh, we've seen right. some big differences from that. But back to the heat, you know, one of the things we like to save is, you know, save as much of the waste as possible. You know, I have zero desire to turn the heat down in all the rooms during the day um, and make kids cold just to save some right. money. You know, like uh, right. the money I want to save is at six o'clock in the morning when there's no one in the building. Um, and yeah. that's one of the things that we've worked on is, you know, doing that to create the best environments for the, uh, for the students. That's awesome. Um, I'm wondering if you have any, any stories for me around working actually like directly with students, if there's been any initiatives in schools that you've been in that have impressed you with like maybe some green heroes that you've seen uh, in some of your schools. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of it uh, has to do with good leadership at the schools. Um, one of the mm-hmm. schools in particular, um, the teacher's no longer there, but it was the West Northfield School, which is about 10 minutes from Bridgewater. Um, there's a teacher named John Atherton who uh, now teaches at Chester Area Middle School. Uh, mm-hmm. He was an absolute leader in this. Uh, one of the things we did at the start of our programs was we got to understand our buildings to see what we're dealing with before we start making changes. So one of the things I would do is uh, my little guy, who was, I think, probably two or three at the time, we go out on the weekend and go into a school and just see what it looks like over the weekend. You know, how many lights were left on? How many computers were left on? uh, Were windows left open? And the first school we went to, and I won't mention what school it was, it was horrible. Mm -hmm. It looked like a Christmas tree in there with all the lights on. And Mm -hmm. this was probably in like mid-November where it's getting pretty cold out. And one of the classroom doors that I opened, you could feel the cold air come because one of the the, uh, windows was left open from the previous day. So we kind of went right. to that school and said, geez, we really got to tighten things up. And, you know, that includes shutting the windows down, turning the lights off. So knowing that uh, the West Northfield school had a leader in the school and a very active green team full of a bunch of great kids, uh, we said, well, we'll go up and test that school next weekend. So we went to that school. There wasn't a light left on. There wasn't a computer left on. Every light switch in the building had, it said, had a, a custom message from the kids. You don't forget to turn us wow. off and stuff like that. And it was just going through there. It's just like, wow, it's so it, it, it's so crazy how good things are at the school. So one of the things we learned was to celebrate the positives in the program. And that's where we talked to the other schools and say, hey, listen, this school's doing this. Um, we didn't take the approach of, hey, you're not, you, you guys aren't doing this right. It was, hey, look at this school. They're doing it right. And that makes the other school want to do that as well. So we've, we've worked yeah. on it from that point of view. And then some of the other initiatives, uh, Efficiency Nova Scotia has been a big, huge help for us over the years actually lending us out some equipment and that uh, we wouldn't be able to afford. And we actually had a gun that can sense uh, 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 leaks in uh, pipes and whatnot. And what happens is those leaks cost us money with steam and whatnot. So we actually had the kids um, wave this gun instrument, you know, finding leaks in pipes and stuff like that. And they were having an absolute blast with it. So the, uh, the motivation <laughs> and the inspiration from them, you know, really helped drive the pro- pro- 
project along and it was just uh, great to see. Wow. I love the idea of the night walk, like, and, and seeing um, what you see on those off hours, especially as you mentioned, those are often our big opportunity moments um, to, to do, to save some energy and, and things like that. That's really cool to see. I believe John was actually part of the energy challenge last year. I was trying to pull it up, but I'm not too sure, but um, it's great to hear that there's champions within some of the school, or I'm sure all the schools that you're working in. Um, one of the uh, the initiatives that that happened last year, the students created like a a ticket uh, program, basically. So if they caught a teacher or somebody that like left a projector on, they got a warning and like a little lesson on like how much energy you could save if you if you you know turned off that device or phantom power was something that they were learning about so I always am really pleased to see when students sort of take that learning and and champion it Um, but I also think it's a great point to bring up that sort of positive spin around how we how do we present these solutions in a way that feels welcoming and feels like oh that's something I can be doing too versus um, you know shame on you you know what i mean so yeah i think i think that's, I think, that's great. I, I think people have to find their own motivations and inspirations uh for the efficiency program like at the at the start of it for me i'm not gonna lie it was all about dollars and cents um saving money to spend it mm-hmm. elsewhere in the school system and then the further along in the project we got you know you know as i learned more about energy and more about green and all that stuff you know you really start to take a sense of pride in it um i know i've talked with uh, people in other industries and i was like have you ever guys looked into this Oh no no no! We're, we, we've got a good handle on that. It's like, well, no, like let's really take a look. You should take a look at that. There's going to be a lot of savings. No, no, no. We know what we're doing, and it's, yeah. you just don't have that motivation and inspiration uh, to do those things. And uh, you know, that's not something you can force someone to do. So, um, a lot of you know the champions in the schools, the champion teachers, the you know the students that step up and volunteer to be on a green team. You know, it's, uh, I think mm-hmm. those people deserve to be celebrated um, and shown and shown you know what it is they're doing and what they're achieving and things. Yeah, absolutely. Is there, um, from your sort of lens and the work that you do and, and how closely you're working with uh, schools each day, is there something that you would, like almost advice you would give to green teams on sort of initiatives they can be taking in their schools, even in the current climate um, of sort of keeping safety protocols in place? Are there, are there initiatives students can be taking now to help save energy in their schools? I think it's the simple, the, the simple things. Uh, one of the things I was always taught as a budget manager was spend your money as if it was yours. So, you know, if they take the mindset, you know, that this is our school, like how can we, co- you know, reduce the cost? How can we find, um, you know, efficient waste? It, it, it's the simple things. I mean, there, it's, the, you know, hey, teacher, do we really need a room this warm or can we turn it down a degree? And is everyone still comfortable? Now, if, if that works, mm-hmm. that's great. If they, you know, get a little greedy and say, okay, let's turn it down one more degree and it starts to get a little too cold, you know, that's not the energy we want to save. Um, so, you know, as far as, you know, the simple things, you know, when the class goes to gym class, turn the lights out, you know, when it's um, at the end of the day, you know, turn the computers off or turn the, you know, the iPad card off. It's doing those little things. And then it's, you know, identifying the waste. Um, you know, one of the things is, you know, looking at drafty doors or drafty windows, uh, you know, and identifying those, you know, for our operations team or the in-house custodials teams to, to do those you know, in uh, Mr. Atherton's school at uh, West Northfield, you know, they, they identified, Hey, we've got a couple of leaky sets of doors. Well, the next time our carpenters were there, we bought, you know, five, six, $7 worth of weather stripping. And, you know, those doors were no longer mm-hmm. leaky. So it's, it's, it's just looking around at everything because 
you walk by the energy waste so often um, that it's it's just easy to ignore. Right. And where it's not like sort of like solid waste where it's literally piling up, it's often waste that is maybe easier to ignore. You have to be a bit more mindful and diligent on those behaviors. Oh, if, if, if wasted something... energy smelt like wasted garbage or something like that, I think it would be, so, yeah. be so easy to do. But the thing is, is you do not exactly. notice that waste. So, you know, if life's left on for, yeah. you know, if you've got gym, then, uh, then lunch, then, re- or then uh, music afterwards, and that light's left on for two hours, you know, no one notices that. But, you know, if all of a sudden, if that, if that waste had a smell to it, you know, you'd be stopping it pretty darn quick. Yeah, that's such a good point. Uh, if I'm a student in one of your schools and, I, and I'm noticing something and maybe I don't have the power to make that change, how, how could, what steps would I take to, to try to create those changes? Would I be contacting you? Would I be contacting my principal to talk to you? I, I think it would be uh, reaching out to the teacher or the principal. Um, uh, I've got a relationship with uh, all the principals in our region and most people in my position would as well. Uh, then, then it's a matter of, you know, the teacher reaching out to the principal, the principal coming to me. Anytime a, a class wants me to come talk to them, I'm there. Uh, anytime they want to see mm-hmm. access to our system, you know, we'll give them access to the system. We've had, uh, you know, one class, I mentioned the control system earlier, which sets the temperatures. I had them review everything in our system to say, well, that's a closet. That doesn't need to be 21 degrees. That only needs to be 18. And they literally went through the school mm-hmm. and did that for me. Uh, and that's exactly. So it's, it's, it's helped like that, that, you know, we're more than willing to take advice and, and do everything we can. Now, unfortunately, you know, as we mentioned earlier in the podcast, you know, we're limited uh, by dollars and cents at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. is it a great idea to replace all the lights in your school with LEDs? 100%. But we, you know, that's not something we have the budget for. But so that's where we have to be right. very careful in terms of where we do spend your money, and where we don't spend our money. Uh, a lot of our uh, investment has been time because uh, it's a little cheaper. And basically, you know, we I mentioned the $2 million budget earlier. Uh, our electrical portion mm-hmm. of that was about $1.2 million. And after a lot of the behavioral changes, which means not putting in new LEDs, not doing things like that, just changing the way we use our schools and operator schools, we were able to save about $280,000. Um, just wow. literally just by doing that. And it was a surprise to many, including our finance director at the time, but we started explaining, mm-hmm. like, listen, you know, we don't need the lights on from this time to this time. We can turn off the exterior lights in the fall at uh, 7 o'clock. But we need to have them on at 5 o'clock in the winter. And we have control over a lot of those things. And it's things people don't notice, but it, it all adds up because, you know, we've got, as we said, you know, over a million square feet of buildings. And, you know, I, I don't know how many classrooms we have in our region. But, you know, if we can reduce every classroom by an hour mm-hmm. a day, that adds up pretty fast. Right. And so those those sort of initiatives, like you mentioned earlier, like doing the clings on the on the switches to remind, hey, turn this light off. Like these are all things that students are taking leadership on and and actually at the end of the day are are helping towards that huge payback um, in dollars, which I mean, for a message to a student, that's that's pretty huge. Exactly. Um, I think that thank you for sharing that. That's so so eye opening. Great. Well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I just, uh, I do have one question for you and it's kind of sneaky because it wasn't on my list, but um, I do, I I was curious after speaking with you, um, sort of, if we're thinking this is called the futures podcast. So in the, in the context of your work, what, what would be the future, like brick and mortar school for you? Like if, 
if efficiency, like let's talk like later down the road, efficient energy efficiency, you know, the future of it, what, what would be, what, what future would reach the schools and what would the schools look like to you? Uh, if, if, if I was to build a new school from scratch, you know, with energy efficiency in mind, yeah. I, I think it would be putting, you know, a mix of the, let me think if it's true, you know, the right energy sources. So one of our schools in uh, Lunenburg, uh, Luno's Academy, has a wood pellet boiler, you know, which is kind of revolutionary and that there's not a lot of schools around that have them. So it'd be identifying, you know, what, uh, you know, what goes into the schools as far as materials, you know, whether it's, you know, a fully uh, wood pellet fuel building or an oil. Uh, we don't see many electrically heated buildings anymore, but maybe it's used to heat pumps. But as far as the building itself, I, I think it would be something that, you know, you see these passive homes where they rely on outside light and, um, you know, bringing that in to heat up the buildings. But also it would be a lot of, you know, motion sensors and bathrooms and lights. Because one of the things there is, you know, the bathroom's used all day, but it's not used every minute of that all day. So, you know, it's a, a motion sensor that may turn off the light or dim the lights in the space. Uh, it would be, you know, just a, a good use of everything. Um, you caught me off guard with that one. But, uh, you know, like, honestly, <laughs> it would be working with our teams, you know, to say, hey, what is energy efficient? You know, what, what does work? What doesn't work? Um, could we get some more natural light in right. here so we're not you know, lighting up these big spaces. One of our newer schools down in Liverpool uh, has a huge common area, which is just beautiful. It's probably one of my favorite buildings. Uh, they don't even have the lights on there most mm. of the time because there's so much natural light that comes in and it's a better light. It's a more comfortable light right. to work in. So it'd be using, using the outsides for that and then uh, and going from there. Great. Great answer for being put on your, on the spot. So thank you yeah. for that. <laughs> um, well, well, that's all, all the time we have for today. So I, I again, want to thank you for taking the time and, and sharing some of that info for us in some sort of anecdotal ways that schools have really stepped up and championed energy efficiency. We love hearing that. And um, I'll be sure to let students uh, listen to this podcast and learn from it. So thank Perfect. you. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you sending the message out there. Wasn't that great? I felt like I learned so much from Andy in just 23 minutes. Um, yeah, it was great to learn about some of the initiatives that have been done in schools. I was super interested in the night walks where they were doing rounds and seeing what lights were on when nobody was in the schools. It's often um, such a quick win on how to save energy. Um, so yeah, I, re I really love chatting with Andy and I hope that you learned something new too. Uh, we chatted a lot about the energy challenge and if that's something that maybe you're a teacher and you're interested in seeing what the students are up to um, or you're just a community member and you're excited to see what students are doing in their schools to be leaders and champions of energy efficiency, uh, you can follow the hashtag WattsOff2021 and you'll see some of the initiatives that students are doing to help spread awareness, but also take action to save energy. Uh, so we've had students that are working in classrooms with their lights off and using natural light um, all week long to save energy. We also had a school uh, make a picture book on ways that they could reduce uh, their energy usage that they could share with other students in their class. There's been so many fun initiatives already and we're only halfway through. Uh, so yeah, definitely check it out and thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.